listening to the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast, hosted by J.J. Duke, an all-access pass to Fairfield University Lacrosse. And welcome back to another edition of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. As now we've finally gotten to the day, this is episode six, where we can put aside preseason. We can actually talk about game action for you. And really excited for this episode. It's the Women's Lacrosse Podcast as we get you set up for the game against Hofstra on the weekend here at Fairfield. But the Stags already defending MAC champions. Well, they're 3-0 and in non-conference play already. We have head coach Laura Field with me here. And, Coach, before we get to how things went in the first three games, we have to ask. It was a um, rather interesting set of circumstances that the group played yesterday against Columbia. Um, they say that this sport is a spring sport. Well, the spring sport showed its true colors yesterday. As if you watch in the broadcast, you couldn't see a thing because it was snowing. It was, uh, you know, we walked on the field, they were playing Let It Snow. Um, that was about as a, appropriate a song as they could have. You know, their field's crew did a great job. You know, both teams had to play in the same condition, so um, it made for a little bit of a sloppy, messy play. Um, but it was nothing we couldn't handle, and, um, you know, we're happy to get out with a win. And I think, you know, these are the games that you kind of remember, not so much for, you know, how did the team went about their business, trying to run offense, trying to run defense, but it's these emotional games that – you have to try and pick yourself up a little bit. You come even maybe more so together as a group at the end of the day. The result was a 14-12 victory against Columbia. We'll get to the other games in just a moment. But you said before, looking back on this one, you're a coach that knows, that can pretty much recall game by game, moment by moment. But these are the ones that, you know, you kind of let that one go and you hope that maybe some of the seniors can help pick you up. But I love the balance of this team, and really everybody did their job on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, that's very true. And I think we preached going into the game that we knew it was going to take everybody – you know, across the board, on the field, off the field. And what we mean by that is, you know, we knew there were going to be balls that were on the ground and that, um, you know, that you, you were going to miss. And we needed people to pick up for that. So we did a really good job across the board of if you miss the ball, I was going to get it for you. And you saw that from almost everybody. Um, you know, our bench was outstanding. They were dialed in. They were communicating with the kids on the field. It was tough to hear out there. You know, there was a lot going on. There were a lot of plows around us. Um, so it was it was a true team win in, in, in every concept. Well, if you haven't seen the pictures yet already, you can either go back to the broadcast on ESPN Plus or you can go uh, to the Fairfield Stags social media channels or even can dial into uslacrosse.com because it was leading on the headlines on Thursday morning. So it was a winter, I mean, spring wonderland for you. But overall, you talk about how the team has to kind of pick each other up. As a coach in these games, you know there's going to be mistakes. You know that maybe offense might not run the sets that you want, or defensively there might be some breakdowns. How do you tell your team, forget about those moments and just focus on the next play, even if you can communicate to them? You know, if you're afraid of making mistakes, you're, you can't play. Right. Uh, I mean, it, you, just, you will never survive. It's not that you need to be perfect. It's the pursuit of that, right? It's that you're trying to do things well. But within that pursuit – Um, you have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to try stuff. You have to be willing to play hard in bad conditions. Um, And if you fail, great. Uh, Let's let's make each other look good. I'll fix it for you. Um, But if you are playing conservative, if you're playing, uh, you know, tentative, it just doesn't work. So, you know, we do preach, you know, go out, play hard. Failure is okay. Um, What do you do to fix it? That's what matters most. It's basically that short-term memory, right? You yeah. have to, you have to just accept the fact that think, you know, the conditions are going to be that. And I mean, I called uh, the game at Yale last night against Quinnipiac very similar. In fact, it was sleeting basically during the entirety of the second half. So, 
you have to expect the unexpected. And, you know, these are the games that kind of help you down the road, right? Where you might have a day where things might not be perfect, but you can rely on that muscle memory and say, hey, we battled through it before. We can certainly do it again. Yeah, you know, it's nice to, to gut out a, a good win. I mean, I think, yeah, you, I know you're going to talk about the the other victories we've had. Each game has been very different in how it's gone. And each one has had its own struggle. But I think, um, you know, yesterday was a great example of, of just gutting out the win. You know, we had a great first half. We were holding on for a little bit in the second half. Um, and then we were able to, to gain some separation just by some gritty play. So um, it's a good version of us. It's what we want to see. It's what we want to lay the groundwork for. So as we talk about those three games, the Holy Cross win on opening day, 13-9. to Then you come home on the 13th of February, defeat UConn 13-7. to The Holy Cross game is a little bit in the past at this point, but we can focus on that last or the first home game against UConn. The group went out to a big lead. It seems like this team, and again, very small sample size, but it seems like this group is comfortable playing from ahead you did then go through nearly a 32 minute goal drought uh during the second half which allowed UConn to get back into the game a little bit but it never seemed like the group kind of wiltered and for a young group that helps it's good to see I mean I think we don't want to see a a 32 minute gap we were very aware of that within the game um our defense was able to pick up a little bit and hold um the offense was getting good looks they they just needed to capitalize and they did and you're right um one of the biggest things is is not to worry so much that you're going to have those lulls but to be able to come out of it um and to be able to change the tide within the game uh, which we were able to do. And we you saw it again at Columbia. We were able to, to do that as well. We we had a sizable lead. We gave up a little bit of that lead. And then we were able to gain our footing, so, so to speak, um, and, and really uh, gain that separation. At what point did you start just to think about laughing once players went to the deck? Was there a moment? Yeah, it was a little slip and slide out there. No, you know, it's it, – it is a fun day. Right. I mean, you can't complain. You get to be outside. Um, it was probably warmer than we've been for a couple other games. We had a good crowd. Um, people were enjoying themselves. So, uh, you know, I, I will never complain about a day outside. Now, when we look back at these UConn and Columbia games, these are two teams that Fairfield has traditionally played tough, but traditionally have not gotten victories against them. In fact, the Columbia game was the first time since 2011, albeit there's a little bit of a gap. The UConn win was the first win in nearly a decade. So, what worked on a day or on these past two days? I think what you'll see is we have a really diverse group of scoring. Um, we have any number of kids are stepping up, um, you know, whether it's filling roles, whether it is just rising into roles that they've been given. Um, it, we're, we're tough to scout right now. You can't really predict who is going to have a, a breakout day. That's great. That's one of the things that we want to see and that we, again, you talk about laying the groundwork for, for the MAC. Um, play when it comes we want to have um, a lot of threats so I think you're starting to see that and I think that kind of carries over from last year right where you had a number of different players some who have graduated since now this year it's beautiful to watch where you don't know who's going to get it Taylor Mitchell goes out and have a five goal one assist game in the opener Jill Winwood, Jill Winwood. this is a great story where she misses basically the MAC conference season postseason with an injury comes out and has absolutely a couple of wonderful games four goals in the opener and then she just continues to stay right you've seen her obviously come through the fall season did you have a feeling that this was going to happen she actually was held out the entire fall um, coming back from her injury so we had an uh, you know an inkling in january that she was back to her old self um you know what's what's great about jill is you know, you see her stat line, um, but I think she's probably a lot more dangerous than what you see on the stats. You know, she might have a goal here and there. She's all over the field. You know, we um, we talked about, you know, rationing her hours on the midfield. 
we don't have to. Um, you know, she's come back at full strength. It's really great to see her, uh, and, and she puts the work in. She takes a beating, um, and, and she really uh, it doesn't deter her at all. And she's got this personality, too, on the field as well, where there's always a good classic goal Sally in there. Yep. You know, she's the one that's firing up the team when they need it the most, and that's coming from a sophomore. And I remember you telling me last year, Watch out for this freshman group because they might there might be a few alphas in there, and they're certainly showing it. Yeah, I think if you watch us um, on the field, the camaraderie is outstanding. I mean, I think the delineation between classes, you could not tell if you didn't know. Um, and, and that's something I, I'd love to say that we have a hand in that. that that's all it's a credit to the players. Um, they really do a great job of just um, – Building each other up, staying together, and and you can tell in the moments where they're having fun um, that they're they really are a strong unit. And definitely, it's carried over to this new class as well. And there's three players that I've noticed on the field side that have really, you know, kind of understood what this group is about and really carry forward. Caroline Mangan has been outstanding defensively. Cam Dara is coming into her own, got her first goal yesterday against Columbia. Uh, Nicolette LaVista in the draw control, where there's been some days where you don't see the big numbers from Aaron Mamley. Well. She comes in and then all of a sudden just keeps it going. And that's the thing about this Fairfield team. doesn't matter, as you said, with the class. You're going to have someone that's going to step up on a given day. And those three in the field have certainly, uh, you know, gotten the job done. Absolutely. I mean, again, uh, you know, they have really good mentors. I think you talk about Mams, be, Air Mamily being, um, you know, kind of our draw specialist. She works really hard with the other kids at practice to help them along too. And, and that's hard. You know, that's not something that you always get, someone who um, you are kind of cultivating to, to take your spot on the field. By no means is she giving up her spot, but it's nice to see her helping, uh, helping the underclassmen along. And you have to also set the tone for the years to come too, because unfortunately Aaron is in fact the senior this year. We'd like to hold on to her forever. But. Okay, well, <laughs> hey, you bring her on as assistant next true, year. True, you true, true. Never know. But, um, and then in goal as well, Olivia Conquest. Now, there's going to be, we can say it was a question mark coming into the season. What was this year going to be like? Who's going to be taking over the reins in goal? And, you know, three games certainly has some things to work on, but – so far, the confidence has to help because she's won all three of her starts. She's been outstanding. Um, you know, I think we, we're getting exactly what we wanted um, in, in a perfect world from her. Um, and I know she is super competitive. She's not satisfied with the performances she's putting out there, and she's probably a lot more critical than the rest of us would be of her at this point in time. But, you know, she has um, been commanding um, in terms of her leadership of a defense that's that's a little bit older than her, around her. Um, she has come up with clutch saves in the moment. Like I said, uh, against Columbia yesterday, she gave us the entire first half. You know, she really buoyed us and made some exceptional saves that allowed us to gain a lead that we could hold on to. Um, so, you know, we really couldn't be happier with what we've got. And, um, you know, I, I know she's hard on herself and I know she wants more, but, but we'll take what she's given us. It's great. And the thing that I like, too, and now this is coming from someone that didn't play lacrosse, but I was a catcher in baseball, goalie in soccer. I love the footwork that she has, and she's always getting herself square to every shot. Now, of course, you can work on things going forward, but having that foundation – you can't teach stuff like that. Yeah, she's she's got great instincts. So now this 3-0 start here, and you and I have talked about this before. These games are very much more about the process. It's about trying to improve on result, getting better each performance, getting ready for MAC play. But with that being said, we kind of had a couple of tough teams to go through at the beginning. How have the group taken this? You know, this early start. You know, it's by design. Um, and I, I will tell you, I don't think it's getting any easier. We've got um, a, a really tough slate coming up in front of us, too. Um, probably a little bit harder than what we've gone through. Um, you know, I think for us, the results are great. But, you know, we, we had 
um, different results last year, and it, it, you know, we still felt as good about our, our play. Um, you're exactly right, and I am the quintessential coach when I say it, but it is, it's about the journey. we got to get ourselves ready. We've got to lay good um, fundamentals down, good foundation down to be ready to play when the MAC play starts. So, you know, we like these wins. They're, uh, we like how we're playing in these wins and, and how we're winning. Um, but, you know, the results for us are, are a bonus. We want to develop our players and develop um, our identity as a team. And for those that might be thinking, okay, so it sounds crazy, right? right? Because this sport, it's a business at the end of the day, you need results. But, you know, in a league in the MAC, that's going to be a one-bid league. So it is more about, you know, you can be, as you said, you know, fine with the performance you might not win as many games as you would like but at the same time I love the way that the group is actually learning how to close games early on too especially when you go back to I think it was the Holy Cross game where there were a few moments early in that second half that you thought okay well you know Crusaders are coming back Fairfield then get a couple of goals Mitchell obviously was spectacular in the second half and they just closed the door and that that took a couple of games last year to get really kind of in rhythm with yeah, and, and, you know, we have a short preseason, so I know you count the fall season and that's all well and good, but by the time you get into the meat of it, you have uh, about three weeks. So, you know, I, I, this is a familiar refrain for me, but we, we expect to keep growing in this time. So it's not as if we, we expect ourselves to be a finished product come our first game time. Uh, you know, we're making adjustments. We're making personnel adjustments, as you can see. Um, we're growing with our identity of what we want to play stylistically. So the expectation from our end is always that we're going to keep growing in this time period. Um, I think we probably say that all the way to the end. But, you know, certainly for February, early March, we are establishing what works for us, what doesn't. And you're just doing it in live play. So now we look ahead here to the upcoming game this Saturday at home against Hofstra. You can watch that one at 1 p.m. on the Stag Sports Network on the Fairfield University Athletics Facebook page. Hofstra is another familiar opponent uh, that you've seen in the past. In fact, it's been a number of consecutive seasons where Fairfield have played the Pride. And they're 2-1 and one thus far. They lost to 21st-ranked USC by 15 goals to 10. But then they've ran right through Bucknell and Wagner outscoring them 30-8. to eight. This is another team that Fairfield has played very close against. So for those who have not seen Hofstra before, what can they expect? Um, this is a very good team. This is probably the best Hofstra team that I have seen in a very long time, which um, can, says a lot because they 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 were always a good team. Um, I think this is going to be a difficult matchup. I think we, um, we were back to the drawing board this morning coming up with some game plans. Um, it's going to take a full team effort to beat them. We know that. Um, it's nice that it's at home. You know, I think we could use the support and the, the fan support, but uh, we know we have a task in front of us, and, um, you know, we're just right back to work today. They play in a very challenging conference. I think if you look at the CAA, it's not, you know, to say the ACC or the Big Ten, but they can compete with just about any team out there. Obviously, they've got the defending national champions in James Madison, a very good club in Towson. I got to see them mm -hmm. last year, and I think if they had a better path they probably could have gotten deeper into the NCAA tournament. And then Hofstra, amongst others, what kind of style do you usually expect? And always, teams and conferences kind of emulate a certain style, whether it's a blue collar, a little bit more up and down, what have you. But for teams that are in the CAA, how do they match up to teams in the MAC? Uh, I'll tell you, I think Hofstra might uh, might 
be a pure Long Island style. Um, you know, they are a f tough physical team. They have very good stick work. Um, they are not deterred by a whole lot that you throw at them. Um, I think we actually have an advantage in having a significant Long Island portion on our team as well. We match up stylistically well. Um, but you can expect to see a very physical game. Um, you know, they fire the ball and, and they they ride well. And it's, it's going to be... Um, across the board everything's going to be contested so you could say that about the CAA you could say that about the MAC at the highest level I think that we're exactly the same way um, but you uh, it's going to be a dogfight on Saturday well when we last talked about how to kind of prepare for teams you did give a very uh, diplomatic answer about how to defend certain players so I'm not going to ask how do you go defend this player this player this player but Hofstra does have a very nice attacking three-headed monster Alyssa Perella I think we saw her here her freshman year. You knew she was going to be special. Oh, by the way, she's already got 171 points in her career coming into this game. Alexa Matera and Katie Will and a junior and a sophomore, that's going to complement them nicely. So that group, they can beat you in a number of different ways. You talk about the physicality. They're going to get a lot of shots off, and they're very quick. What can they pose to this Fairfield defense coming this weekend. Yeah, and and it's fair to say that everybody in in Hofstra's attack is a threat. And I think that's something that you need to pay attention to too because you can talk all you want about locking off certain players and then you get burned by uh, everybody else. So, it's why we um we're really approaching it as a team focus. We um we're not necessarily isolating anybody. Uh, I know I say it all the time, but you're not on an island. Um, we want to make sure that you have help all around you. We are going to, um, you know, we got to revamp a little bit. We have some personnel changes that we've been monkeying with, so um, we want to make sure that we, we put those in. And, you know, we give great respect to their entire unit. Um, I think they are very, very potent offense, and it's not a surprise that differential that you're talking about that they've outscored their opponents. Um, that's a very real thing. I, I think uh, we want to make sure that we, we lock down on defense and that we uh, make the most of our opportunities on offense. And lastly, you mentioned about how this group might be one of the best Hofstra teams that you've seen in a few years. They're very similar to Fairfield in the fact that they graduated a number of key players last year. They're starting a number of young players. In fact, in the last game alone, they started six freshmen. And they're winning games by this margin. That is special. And Oh, by the way, they've got a freshman in Jess Smith in goal who's already won the Conference Rookie of the Week honors once. And she looks to be another piece to the puzzle that can help Shannon Smith in order to get back to the top in the conference. So when you look at that, you look at these two teams, you said that both of these teams, they might run a little bit, they might be physical, but these could be the elements that we could see for a number of years to come. Yeah, I hope that's the case. Um, you know, I think... We both approach things very similarly. You kind of um, you recruit well and you play the best players. So if you can develop young talent early, it becomes their, your your seasoned veterans and they help everyone else along. So um, I, I think we approach things very similarly. Well, it's going to be a fun one to watch, and no doubt it's going to be fun for the folks. As Laura mentioned before, make sure to get out if you can. It's going to be pretty nice on Saturday it's afternoon. Not actually. It's not going to snow on Saturday. <laughs> we can just about guarantee you that it might rain, but we'll kind of leave that one aside. So if you can make it, we want to see you there on Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. on February the 23rd against Hofstra. If you cannot make it, you can watch on the Stag Sports Network on the Fairfield University Athletics Facebook page. And that's going to do it for this episode of Inside Fairfield Lacrosse. Make sure to get in touch with us. Let us know what you want to hear from the coaches. If you want any players to come on, you can hit us up on social media. You go to at Fairfield Stags on Facebook and Twitter, at Stags Women's Lacks, at Stags Men's Lacks, or you can hit me up directly at JJDuke21. So until next time, we'll see you then, and go Stags. 
The Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For all information related to Fairfield Lacrosse, log on to fairfieldstags.com.